I, uh, I came by the, the building here yesterday. You guys can sit up here? No, I mean, not. I mean, you can, I guess. And uh, I had the real treat of walking in on a practice for the kids' play next week. And I don't want to say too much because I don't want to ruin it or anything. Um, I'll be quietly. I won't say too much. Um, but I saw Sasha putting work in, and Adia, and Fisher, and Leah, Sydney. We're going to have a very cool Jesus character. Um, later in the night, we're driving in, Luke and I. It was late at night because I had to get the baptistry filled up and warm enough for those who are being baptized in a little bit. And uh, we're driving up, it's dark, and Luke's like, Dad, church buildings at night are so creepy. <laughs> and I said, why? And he said, because it's dark and they're empty. And then we walked in, and it, on the movie screen is The Passion of Joan of Arc. Um, <laughs> And I've not seen the movie, but all we saw was enough to know that, that was, there was some creep, creepiness to it. Um, I'm sure it's a great movie. Um, we watched three movies together as a church yesterday. We are in California, Los Angeles. We love movies. Um, we love plots, right? We love story. What I love about movies, what I love about life, is character development. Not like, I mean, virtues too, but just like people and story. Um, so cool to dedicate Theo. Uh, for those who don't know, I knew Megan and Daniel when they were like 15 years old. I saw Daniel and Megan when they first, like the sparks just first began to fly. When Megan all of a sudden wanted to take guitar lessons from... From Daniel. You should ask Dan Megan to play guitar for you sometime. See how, see how good that went. Yeah. And we've all, we've all, many of us have been in community with Daniel and Megan and seen development, character, maturity, hard times, good times, joys, sorrows. Um, so good to see the Vargas family with us today. Um, who spent time as a part of our body and who God sent out and um, to see the story that, that, that laid out. And sometimes it's a story we predict and, and imagine and sometimes it's a different story. And we all can look at our lives and look at one another's lives and we see the stories begin and unfold. Um, I think that's why we like movies because that's the stuff of life. Um, we don't even know the plot half the time but we can see the characters and the stories develop. I want to read the Gospel reading um, from Matthew today. And I want us to listen and I invite you to open yourself up to wondering which character might I find myself in. Pay attention to the characters that we're, we're going to read um, Let's see if we can find not only um, what's going on with these characters, but maybe we can find ourselves in this story this morning, too. 
Matthew chapter 27, um, and then I'll read, read through 28. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who was also a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus, and then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. So Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and laid it in his own tomb, which he had hewn in the rock. He then rolled a great stone to the door of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there, sitting opposite the tomb. If you're reading along, skipping down to verse 1 of 28. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was drawing, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. For he's been raised. As he said, Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He's been raised from the dead, and indeed he's going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet and worshipped him. And then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw Him, they worshipped Him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to Me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. I wonder where you found yourself. What do we know about these characters? Joseph of Arimathea, who is this guy? He's a rich man. He's a disciple of Jesus. He's been discipled. Um, he goes out and he buys a, a, a tomb and he, and he gives it on behalf of Jesus. The last time we see a rich man in Matthew um, is a story of the rich young ruler. We haven't gotten there yet um, in our study of Matthew. Rob's going to help us out with that in a few weeks. But let's just say there's some challenges to being rich in the Gospel of Matthew. Um, the last time we hear the word rich, um, 
We're told that it's easier for a camel to get through the eye of a needle and then for a rich person to get into the kingdom of God. And yet here, at the resurrection of Jesus, we have a rich man named Joseph who somehow has been able to make it through the eye of the needle. We have a man named Joseph. It's the second Joseph we've heard of. The first one is Jesus' father. He cares for Jesus at his birth, and then we hear nothing of him in the rest of the gospel. Here we have Joseph, who cares for Jesus at his death, and we've never heard of him before, and he drifts off quietly. Neither of them say a word. Maybe you find yourself in the character of Joseph. Maybe you don't like to talk much, but you like to care for people, and you really love to care for God. Um, maybe you've worked and worked and worked to try to figure out, like, God, what do I do with all this stuff you have blessed me with? When you teach me that to be wealthy is challenging in the kingdom of God, maybe you find yourself in this character. Then there's Mary Magdalene. I want to start by just saying this. Mary Magdalene, besides Jesus himself, there is, we are probably far-fetched to find a more faithful disciple of Jesus in the Gospels than Mary Magdalene. She shows up everywhere, especially in the end. When all the other disciples, or most of them, have deserted. Sorry guys, the only male disciple that kind of is around is Joseph, the one we just talked about. And he leaves. We don't hear of him again. Mary Magdalene is a faithful one. Maybe you find yourself in that character. Not, not in a way of like patting yourself on the back, but in a way of like, yeah, I, I'm faithful to that which I commit to. I, I've tried and, and continue to try and find great joy in coming around Jesus. The reality is that there's, there's a lot of scholars who would say Mary has a story that doesn't quite seem to fit when you're thinking about things of God. Maybe, maybe that part of Mary you, you can connect with. Maybe you've got a piece of your story that just seems to always in your mind for some reason keep you outside of what you imagine is proper. Um, and yet here's Mary, the faithful one. Did you pick up on the other Mary? Maybe you're the other Mary. Gabe and I, we, we like to joke, we have a, a, a club that we started. It's called the Brothers of Famous Brothers Club. <laughs> Gabe's brother is a, a newscaster, I think in the Santa Barbara area. See if that works? Fresno. Fresno now, bigger market even. Uh, my brother is a football coach for a Pac-12 school. Maybe we're, we're the other brothers. Uh, <laughs> Maybe you're the other Mary. 
you like the groups that you're in, you enjoy your friends, but you never, you never get the spotlight. Maybe you're okay with that. Maybe there's times you, you, you feel like you're overlooked. Maybe you're the other Mary. We don't know everything about this Mary. Some people think this might be the mom of James and John who said, Jesus, we want to be at the right hand and the left when you come into your glory. Well, here's Jesus coming into his glory and they are nowhere to be found. Maybe you're the other Mary. Dreams for your kids haven't quite panned out like you thought. Hopes that you had for family members or children are unrealized at this point. I don't know, maybe you find yourself there. Then there's the disciples. I mean, the, the backdrop of the disciples is that they just are nowhere to be seen, right? They've deserted. Later, we hear a little bit about them. Jesus appears to them. And the response are twofold. One, they worship him. Maybe you love to worship God. Maybe you're a disciple who, that's what you live for. Do you notice what the other disciples, some of the other disciples did? Some doubted. Maybe you find yourself there in that category, or character, excuse me. That you're here this morning with like pastel colors and like maybe you did an egg hunt, maybe you're like celebrating Easter because that's what we do. But if you're just real honest, you're a disciple who would love to fervently believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And yet you, you doubt. Maybe you can find yourself there. Last character I want to highlight are these guards. Did you pick up on the guards? I mean, what are guards, right? Guards are Roman official or Roman soldiers that are there to what? They're there to protect, to secure, to ensure that what they want to have happen happens. I left a couple of stories out, but basically these guards are there to protect the tomb so that the disciples don't come and steal the body. They want to control the narrative. And at the resurrection of Jesus, what do they do? They shake around and act like they're dead. Um, maybe you find yourself there. We live a story that you think, you think and you've been told is about life. It's what life is about. And yet when life appears in all its fullness, you realize that what you've been living for is actually death. Maybe you find yourself in the guards. Well, there's a message for us this morning. And it's given to us um, by two different people, by the angels and by Jesus. And they're very similar messages. And it's a message to all those characters in the story. Maybe you find yourself in one or, or two. The point of having a lot of characters is to say, you know what, whoever you are, you can find yourself here in this story. It's a very simple message. The first, the first statement is this. Both the angels and Jesus 
on Resurrection Sunday, the first thing out of their mouths is do not be afraid. Do not fear. Fear monopolizes our attention. It freezes us into inactivity. Um, fear blocks the good news. It, it jams up the gospel. Um, fear is... The gospel is largely a, an exorcism of fear. That's what the angels and what Jesus are trying to convince us of. Um, this, this, this monopolizing power that, that we so often live for, if we really kind of take a look at our lives, the gospel says, you don't have to be afraid. And in fact, it's not just that you don't have to be, it's a, it's a command with lots of support around it. It's a command, don't be afraid. What might our characters be afraid of? Joseph, what's he afraid of? He has a lot of things. Maybe he's afraid of losing them. He's earned them. He's worked hard for them. And yet he's also afraid that uh, this teaching, this hard teaching by Jesus, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a disciple. I don't want to jeopardize that. Mary Magdalene, I've given my life to this one. The other Mary, will I ever be noticed? Will I always be Will I ever be connected like I want to be? The guards, I've lived for... I thought was so important. I thought it was what life was all about. The Roman story. The security of Rome. Protecting my, my authorities and rulers. And here, right in my face, I've been shown, wow, that, that way of life is actually not life. Their very identity is at stake. Um, what, do you, what do you fear? Like, Josh, have you watched the news this week? <laughs> Do you know our stories? Well, Matthew's commands are so, they're, they're, they're challenging and, and they're supported. So the first thing that, that the angel says is don't be afraid. He, here's what the second thing is. That's just why we're here today. Amen? Well, you haven't read it yet, so you don't know. But yeah, it is. <laughs> the angels say to the disciples, He is not here. He has been raised from the dead as He said He would be. Don't be afraid. He is not here. He's not in the tomb. The crucified one, the rejected one, the lonely one who died alone. He's been raised 
from the dead. God has said yes to the one who lived so courageously. Who lived a fearless life. God has said yes to this one. And he's alive. The tomb is something we are so afraid of. I mean, you just take a look around our culture and it is built on avoiding not only death itself, but any kind of interaction with it at all. I did a funeral yesterday um, and I watched this all play out. Um, the gospel says you don't have to be afraid of death. This is wild stuff, but you don't have to be afraid of death because he's alive. He is not here. There is a new thing going on and the people who follow Christ, we are invited to not be afraid and to live forward into this new thing where death has lost. Well, you sang it. I, I heard you all sing it. Death has lost its sting. It changes the way we live. It shows us that life is not about protecting ourselves all the time. Life is not about securing our futures and the futures of generation after generation after generation. If the resurrection of Jesus tells us anything, That life, is that life is about giving ourselves to God, giving ourselves to one another, loving our neighbor. When someone disgraces us, we turn the other cheek. When someone says walk a mile, we walk too. Life is about opening ourselves up to the living Holy Spirit who has conquered and defeated death because Christ is not there. The last thing that they both say, all right, Josh, that's good. I didn't get any amens. I hope those, that silence is just like, it's just like awe and wonder or something. They both say, he's, he being Jesus, he's going to Galilee. He's going ahead of you. Jesus actually says, when he says this, come to Galilee. Like, I'm there. What's Galilee? Galilee's there normal. They've been on this journey towards Jerusalem. Galilee's there every day. Jesus says, I am waiting for you in your every day. In your Galilee. Joseph. Mary. Mother Mary. Guards. Jesus is a local God. Jesus is risen from the dead and this, by the Spirit of God is in your everyday. Josh, I can't not be afraid. Have you seen my mortgage payment? Have you seen my rent, Josh? I can't not be afraid. Do you know what's going on with my health? with my life. 
I don't have all the answers for those questions today. Other than this, that death has lost its sting. Is it real? Yep. But it's lost its sting. And your local, your story, wherever you are, wherever you find yourself, the gospel says, go to Galilee. Go back to your normal because I am there. Thank you. Come on, Abby. Let's do it. Here's the worst thing that could happen today. Because Jesus says this. So therefore, go and make disciples. Joseph's, Mary's, other Mary's, guards. Go make more. Baptize them. We're going to do some baptisms here. Here's the worst thing that could happen. I mean, it's cute, right? A lot of dedications are cute. Cute kids. We're going to baptize some more babies here. We're going we're to baptize a couple of elementary kids. Here's the worst thing that could happen. Oh, Josh's pastel purple is so cute, right? Easter Sunday, right? Amen. <laughs> is this could be just a big game. It really could be. Maybe next to worse, oh, this is a rite of passage for all these children and for us. Um, It is that, but it's so much more. And so this is what I want to invite you. When you watch these kids get baptized here in a minute, hear the words of the gospel. Don't be afraid. God, I'm afraid. Help me. Open yourselves up to the Spirit of God among us that you would not be afraid. And may it change your life when you leave here. May it change the way you make decisions. May it change the way you shape things in your life. When you see the people being baptized here in a minute, hear, hear the Word of God saying, I am in your every day. It's an every day that's full of challenges, fears, complexities, narratives, and character development that we all appreciate and love. I am in your every day. There to give you the courage and the strength to fear not. What I want to do now is, Misty, why don't we go and get the kids. We're going to bring the kids back in. Um, It's about to get crazy up in here, right? Um, The kids are going to come. This is not good. Musicians, I think we might need to move you a little bit. We didn't think about this. We're We're going to invite the kids up here. I think so. Well, no, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. We will in a minute. Thanks, Peter. We're going to bring the kids up here when they come back in. In a moment, I'm going to invite some families up whose whose family members are being baptized. And we're going to go through a baptismal 
liturgy together. And it's going to be cool and it's going to be special and we're going to be hoping for them that they're not afraid, that they know that God is with them. And here's what I want you to do is not to just kind of gaze on your friends or family who are being baptized with affection and um, kind of cuteness. I want you to look at this and remember your baptism. For those of you who have been baptized, remember that you too have given your life to life. A life that says, I want to open myself up to God. I want to be about what God is inviting us to be about in Jesus Christ. I want to open myself up to my loved ones, my friends, my neighbors. Um, because I committed to that. I was, I was baptized into that. Um, and so we're going to celebrate all these ones and I want to invite you to remember yours. And when we're done baptizing, we're going to celebrate the Eucharist together. And we're going to give you a chance to be anointed to remember your baptism if you'd like also.